All right, guys, it is on this episode time. We're going to be diving into the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode three here on the Culture Jack podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we get the opportunity to dive a little bit into, well, like I said, episode three. Um, What an amazing episode. One thing I do want to say up front that has blown me away with this show, so we're halfway done the season, I believe, there's only six episodes, is the pure production from episode to episode to episode. Now, uh, recently I was listening to the Kevin Smith podcast, uh, or what is it, uh, Fat Man and Beyond, or Batman and Beyond, or whatever. And he, he made a point on there, and I couldn't agree more. Um, in fact, I noticed it in the beginning. I think I said it in the first episode, second episode, and I'm going to say it again. Um, and, and again, Kevin Smith had, had said this, and, and I think I said it several times, but the production value in the show is absolutely just crazy because unlike watching, you know, a regular air quote, TV show, like something you'd see on the CW, whether it was Arrow or maybe you were watching The Flash or Gotham or uh, The Shield or or whatever. The production quality in this show and, and WandaVision as well, but uh, because there's so much more action sequences, it's, it's often uh, noticed, I guess, or it stands out a bit more is insane it it just is uh episode one the opening sequence of the falcon in the canyons and all of that was just mind-blowing and you'd never see something like that in a regular tv show at least to that degree to that quality episode two we had the truck fight or the two semi-truck fight scenes and then in this one we've got several different sequences of uh, story plot and, and action scenes that's just mind-blowing but most notably in this episode it would be the final fight scene now there is spoilers I'm going to be talking about I think in this episode predominantly characters uh, in the story of course but if you haven't seen episode three you're going to want to shut this off and go watch episode three once twice three times what it, whatever it takes so you can get a take it all in um, but we are going to be diving into some of the details and and some of the story of uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. So with that being said, let's uh, go ahead and dive into the story. Got to get my, uh, my cup of coffee here. Um, so obviously we've got a couple of things going on here. We have Bucky. And the Falcon trying to figure out who's creating the super serum. And we've got the new Captain America in Battlestar trying to figure it out as well. And and to me, that's what that, that's kind of a side story of what's happening in episode three. And it's cool on how they tell it. Um, now I'm going to, as, as I've done in the last few episodes, I'm probably going to go off of, uh, the way that the show is laid out just to hit on some points, but nonetheless, that's kind of the, the story that I'm seeing kind of unfold is that now we, we have established two hero teams 
uh, that are trying to some degree do the same thing, but with different agendas. Now, in the past episode, we know that Captain America and Battlestar are like, we're going to do whatever whatever it takes. We've got all the resources. We've got to do this. Well, as we know, the Falcon and Bucky do not have unlimited resources. In fact, they've got to work with others. And that is where, I guess, uh, the plot or the twist of this show, for episode three anyways, kind of diverts the Falcon and Winter Soldier into a different plot point uh, to... For me, somewhat unexpected, but nonetheless uh, a surprise and in a fun way to piss off Battlestar and Captain America and to uh, upset some that may believe that uh, they shouldn't have gone this route, but they did. And what am I talking about? Well, the Falcon and Winter Soldier are in search for uh, the super serum that the uh, flag smashers have because they got to slow them down the flag smashers are wreaking havoc uh, in the past episodes and in this episode they pull some they pull some shit here uh in fact they blow up a building and it, it just casualties and all of this now this episode to me also um was a little bit more i don't want to say mature rated it definitely a little bit more action and they showed more action they showed you know people getting shot and and whatnot so interesting interesting choice uh for the for the group there i i like it it adds a layer of uh of realism that adds to the element of the story so anyways back to the falcon in winter soldiers so these two guys bucky and uh the falcon come to the agreement said okay well there's one guy that's got to know something um, because of where the Flag Smashers are from and the story that's being told. They're superhuman. Let's go talk to Baron Zemo and let's see what he knows. And, of course, I love the scene where, uh, you know, Bucky tells the Falcon, hey, man, you got to stay back here. Let me go talk to him. You know, we got a history. Clearly they do. And they go in there and then Baron Zemo right out of the gate is fucking with him, saying the code to uh, essentially unlock him. And then Bucky's like, dude, it doesn't work anymore, friend. Um, and then they have some dialogue. Clearly, Baron Zemo is locked up. Uh, and the deal that he wants to negotiate, unknowing to you, kind of, is uh, there's a conversation between Bucky and him. And then uh, Bucky and Falcon go meet up in this uh, warehouse looking, this kind of cool looking warehouse deal. And uh, they arrange something, and then all of a sudden, Baron Zemo comes out <clears throat> of the prison, and uh, Bucky is attempting to convince the Falcon to, uh, well, we got to work with this guy. He's the one that knows it. Uh, he's going to listen, so forth and so on. So now that we have, I guess, a different plot point, I mean, to me, it alters kind of my preconceived notions of the show to where it's like, oh, this dude's going to be like the ultimate bad guy. He's not. He is, uh, at least at the moment, he's not. He is, as a part of the agreement to let him out, wants to shut down. I think he wants to shut down the program because of kind of the exclusivity that Hydra and that that they had worked on. And now, moving forward... They come up with an arrangement, and Baron Zemo's like, look, I know where to start with this because 
it's more than just going and finding someone. We got to chase down some people. We got to figure out this, that, and the other. And he has the connections because of his underground alliance, because of his uh, well-established name in in the underworld. And uh, that's that's kind of the the launch point for uh, these guys to really start chasing down. Where is the superhuman serum coming from? How are these the uh, Flag Smashers getting it? Flag Smashers are still, like I said, wreaking havoc. They're blowing up buildings. They're running around and then we also have captain america and battlestar trying to be dudley do rights and they're they're breaking into places trying to find the flag smashers not getting anywhere and as you can tell in the show this is causing tension um for the new captain america and vicariously through him into battlestar because they're supposed to be like the the american hero and they're not getting anywhere fast meanwhile he knows that, okay, well, where the hell is Bucky and where the hell is uh, the Falcon? And some of that starts to play out a little bit, especially once uh, the word that Baron Zemo has broken out of jail. And there's a, there's actually a really fun scene there where you see him getting pissed off. And it's like, okay, well, Bucky and, and Falcon saw him the same day that he broke out of here so we need to go find those guys which is which is pretty clear i mean come on if you sign some ledgers and then all of a sudden the guy breaks out okay there's there's a pretty pretty straightforward tie between that and the other so meanwhile bucky and uh <laughs> good old bucky and baron zemo and uh the falcon are are unwillingly uh, well maybe unwillingly isn't a good a good word for him discussing things back and forth about stuff uh some from the past uh while they're traveling around they've got to go and i'm probably gonna mess this up there they they're gearing up to go to crime city uh to chase down uh the start of their search <clears throat> and they end up taking several flights and uh one of the one of the flights, and I may get this wrong. I can't remember. It's, I think it's more of the second or third flight. Actually, it has to be. So um, there, there's a lot of dialogue on these flights because they're all kind of stuck together. But it's it's good dialogue. It's stuff that kind of connects some of the sub dots, I guess, of the show that you wouldn't get generally because Baron Zemo has ties to Captain America, the Falcon, the Steve Rogers, Captain America. Uh, of course, Bucky and the Winter Soldier and ties and, and connections and, and can play the dialogue that you you wouldn't generally get or you wouldn't consider, um, which is interesting. And of course, there's there's still tension. There's still some tension and it comes out. There's still some emotions and it comes out a little bit. So anyways, they shoot over to Crime Island where they're going to they have to reprise kind of some roles uh, to where Baron Zemo is is who he is. Uh, Anthony Mackie has to play a character that looks similar to him. And then the Winter Soldier has to be the Winter Soldier, the Hydra agent. Um, in order to go meet and to, to speak with a couple of people that could lead them where they want to go. So they go to the club. There's actually a really fun scene there in the club where, and I can't remember, and I'm going to mess this up, what Anthony Mackie's character was supposed to like king cobra or some something like that and i'm sure i just got it wrong but uh they're sitting at the bar and 
They order drinks, and of course, the bartender pulls his big ass snake out, cuts a gland or uh, some type of gland or, or something out of the snake, throws it in the drink, and you can see Anthony Mackie and uh, Baron Zemo going to have the drink. And it was just a funny, uh, just the expressions on Anthony Mackie's face made it worthwhile to, for that scene, really. And then, of course, uh, the Winter Soldier or Bucky, who's playing as the Hydra agent that he once was, uh, you know, has to commence in a uh, a uh, request from Baron Zemo to stop this guy from touching him. Turns into a big fight scene. Anyways, leads us to the back to meet the uh, the the club boss. And uh, before that, though, leading up to it, there was mention of the uh, power broker. And we're going to get into the power broker here here shortly. But uh, there was mention of talking with the power broker and instead he wanted to talk to this this other person and lo and behold he gets to talk to her uh some questions go back and forth and of course um there was supposed to be a trade so baron zemo offers essentially the super soldier aka bucky to her in exchange for information on where it's being produced who's producing it um and essentially the next step in the story, right? Because he's got to figure it out. And of course she tells him, okay, it's Dr. Wilfred Nigel. Um, and vaguely gives some, <clears throat> some location and, and, and whatnot. So the Falcon's sister calls, turns into this thing. He gets got big ass fight scene. Um, and then they they have to get out of there. Uh, they all separate, or they don't all separate. Baron Zemo separates from Bucky and from uh, from Bucky and from the Falcon, and and it turns into something. And then Sharon Carter shows back up, which reintroduces her because she was, she was in previous episodes. Um, and then just a quick dialogue instead of trying to play it out scene by scene or what have you. Sharon Carter, we didn't know what happened to her. We didn't know if she got pardoned or what what's happened, really. Um, so in this sense, in the story that you'll you'll learn pretty quick is she didn't get pardoned. She's kind of doing her own thing. And uh she is willing to help, you know, help uh, of course the Falcon because of the relationship and and then uh Bucky and whatnot. So they put them up and then they go to search and find uh, the Dr. Wilfred Nigel. Meanwhile, Captain America, I think right around that time is when the scene comes in and he's pissed and he, now he wants to find, of course, the Falcon and Winter Soldier because they he believes that they're harboring Brom Zemo. Now, even Sharon Carter is quite hesitant because of who Zemo is, but they got to go in and, and they got some stuff to do. <clears throat> Uh, she does warn them, though, over and over. You guys should stay away from this. You guys should just let this lie. Let this sit down. Let this let this uh, play out without you guys kind of situation. But clearly, our heroes can't do that. They want to poke and prod the bigger picture. And... So at this point, what's kind of cool to me is we, we got Sharon Carter back for full several scenes as opposed to uh, mentions or, or what have you. So Sharon Carter's kind of back in the fold as far as the story goes at this point. 
We've gotten several mentions of the power broker finally. Now they're on search for the Dr. Wil- uh, Wilfred Nigel, um, who is supposedly producing the serum. So now it's time to go find them. And that's what they do. They, they go to a, a container yard or a Connex yard, whatever you want to call them. And kind of sneak through and then they find the Connex and they have to figure out how to get into his little lab in this Connex. And, and they do. And then he explains ultimately what is, uh, what's going on. And that, you know, he picked up the serum or the super soldier stuff post Hydra's failure. So he had human samples. He had this, he had that, and he created the best serum or was on the verge of before he got bleeped out from the snap. And then with return, it was time to redeem his, you know, what he was trying to do. He's a scientist. He wants to do this. And of course he went to the power broker as stated and uh, the power broker was more than happy to negotiate a deal with him. And uh, there it is. An interesting thing during the sequence of events though was, um, you know, at the moment, or in the moment, I should say, Bucky's holding the gun to his head, and it's like, okay, so now what should we do? Um, Sharon Carter had been yelling, hey, you guys need to get out of there because the uh, the bad guys that are surrounding these connexes keep growing and amassing, and she's out there kicking their ass. She also shot him. So to be clear, Sharon Carter was shooting people, like flat out, and, and there, there were several scenes of just, shooting um ultimately bucky you know the situation they're getting ready to leave and then bron zemo bron uh, i just gotta call him zemo 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 shoots the doc the good doc kills him and then chaos all hell breaks loose the uh the uh stuff that's inside there's on fire uh i think that was because of one of the one of the guys outside shot it with a missile or whatever. Anyways, all hell breaks loose. Everybody disband, you know, disbands from the area or tries to. And Sharon, uh, Sharon the Falcon, and uh, the Winter Soldier are meeting up. They see Baron Zemo doing some different shit. And then all of a sudden he shows up with a uh, Pontiac GTO, which was a very beautiful car post fight scene. But it was a hell of a fight scene. It was. It was, it was cool to see it. And uh, anyways, they they roll out. Sharon Carter goes in her different direction. And then you get a little sequence of her essentially uh, explaining some concerns by herself or in her car. I should say not by herself, but she's in her car, not with the heroes there and Zemo. <clears throat> so now these guys are heading a different direction. They are heading, where the heck were they heading? Let's see if I can remember where the hell they're. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, let's see. I had it. I had it here. I don't know where they're heading. I can't remember where, where the name of the place was. But anyways, they're back in the plane. And then there's some comments, some back and forth. Isaiah Bradley, uh, uh, Bradley gets brought back up on the test samples and the subjects in which the doc was talking about. 
um, some of the backlog and story starts to come out on the development and, and what this has done. The uh, super soldier serums and then, of course, Zemo makes some comments and off they go. Um, there, there was some scenes and some stories throughout uh, explaining a little bit more into Carly, the leader of the Flag Smashers, which was cool. Some sequences. And then again, it shows her same building, did not a different building, blowing up a building with uh, bystanders and whatnot in it. And essentially saying that's the cost of business. This is what they want. Um, so it, at this moment, um, these these guys are in search for their their hideout their their place where they they got to regroup and then move on to the next move on to the next thing in which they're they're going there they just have to figure it out right and so while in route to this uh or not in route that they're there they're looking for the place whatever a uh and this is really at the end of it at the end of the show uh there is an interesting scene and, and you're not sure. I mean, obviously there's this episode really touched on a lot of the winter soldier stuff, in my opinion, because of Zemo's history and the history of the uh, super soldier serum and the Captain America references, the Isaiah Bradley references, and just the, the whole story and dialogue, because remember that Bucky worked for the winter or worked for Hydra during all of this. He was an act to some degree. He was an active part of of the serum and of the story that's being told, and it's it's just very interesting, and it's it's kind of cool how they're kind of weaving all of this together, and then they have the opportunity to uh, to kind of go back and forth and and to uh, explain more and and give more as far as the Marvel story goes, because remember. Uh, if you go back to some of these characters, and we will be talking about the power broker here in a moment, um, their stories from the comics don't necessarily integrate into the story that's being told here. Actually, it doesn't integrate at all. However, some of the back, you know, some of the history and some of the some of the dialogue may translate. It's just trying to figure that out, and it's cool because they're filling in that that gap. Anyways, <clears throat> so. They are looking for, I'm assuming it's the, it's the hideout or whatever, wherever they're going there. And while doing so, they're, they're out front of the building. Um, okay, so they're in, uh, oops, why did I just do that? They're in uh, Riga Lativa, La Vida. I don't know, I'm sure I got that wrong. Um and Bucky holds back. So, again, let me repaint this picture. They land, Zemo, Falcon, and uh, the Winter Soldier there. They land. They're, like, on the cobblestone streets. They're looking for a building or an entrance or a door. They get to the door. An interesting thing happens where Bucky's like, hey, I'm going to just go for a walk, guys. <clears throat> like, everything okay? Because, you know, a lot of stuff happened. Uh, again, this was more of a winter a history lesson with the, with uh, Zemo and the Winter Soldier, um, while obviously approaching approaching the bigger arching story for the show. But um, he's like, yeah, 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 everything's fine. Well, they go inside. He starts walking, and you can see him pick up something, which just so happened to be a Kimyo bead, a uh, Wakandan bead, 
And uh, he walks a little bit more. He sees another one. Walks a little bit more and finds himself in in a uh, alley that's empty. And, of course, he's like, I know you're here. You've lost some things. And as that happens, um, a Wakandan appears, Ayo, who is a part of the, what is it, the, what is that called? The, I want to say Dora Dora Milaje, which is the Wakandan all-female special forces groups asking, or not asking, more or less telling, I'm here for Zemo. So at this point, <laughs> and that, that pretty much concludes, if I recall correctly, that concludes the episode, right? So at this point, we got Captain America. We've got uh, Battlestar looking for these guys. Now we have AO, which is a part of the Wakandan Special Forces. And who who knows who else is looking for these guys? A lot of other people. I guarantee the power broker is looking for them. I guarantee Sharon Carter is going to come back in, to some capacity because she's connected in the uh, world outside of the United States and has a lot of stuff going on as well. But let's talk a little bit about the power broker because up to this point, unless you've been paying crazy close connection or yeah, you've been paying very close uh, attention, I should say. Um, the power broker has been just a mere mention. This episode, definitely more relevant. This is being made for the power broker for this, for that we have yet to see the power broker. So it would be my understanding that the story arc and the flag smashers, um, the flag smashers as a whole, uh, are working or have come to an agreement with the power broker. Uh, and that's why they're doing their thing. But who is the power broker? That's that's really the question, right? And, and uh, you know, is he a corrupt businessman? Is he a, a crazy entrepreneur? Like, what what is this dude doing? Clearly, he's in the uh, he's in the super. Uh, superhero enhancement or superpower enhancement uh, thing. So let's take a look at this. Uh, let's look at this. So who is the power brokers? The question, I'm going to read you a thing from Marvel. The authoritative alias has belonged to Curtis Jackson, and he has lived up to it too. Ever since the full appearance in Machine Man 1978, number seven, starting his profession as a career criminal, he worked for the corporation. Heading their West Coast operations while there, he arranged a deal to make copies of robot soldier Machine Man, forcing him to trade himself for a friend, uh, psychiatrist Peter Spaulding in Machine Man 7 and 8. He later became the founder of the self-made startup Power Broker Incorporated, so this was a controversy in the last episode where people were like, are they talking Power Broker Incorporated or Power Broker the guy? Which Power Broker the guy is Curtis Jackson. The incorporation is obviously the business. Um, he later became, I already said that, employed scientist Dr. Carl Malice uh, to create super strong wrestlers to break and make bets, uh, augmenting into it. Who has he empowered? Wrestlers, henchmen, and heroes. Oh, my. Curtis churned out deals with wrestlers from the uh, UCWF uh, by enhancing their strength through malice experiments and, and many others. Uh, creates hence, henchmen, bodyguards, um, and pretty much turns them into like uh, power tools. 
As for heroes, Power Broker made it happen with Sharon Ventura, a.k.a. Miss Marvel. John Walker, who later became U.S. agent, and his Army buddies, Lamar Hoskins, a.k.a. Battlestar, Hector Lennox, and Jerome Johnson. So think about what I just said. He had ties to making Miss Marvel, John Walker, Battlestar, and, and, and other people powerful. In fact, in Captain America 378, that is when uh, Battlestar starts getting his powers. Uh, now, Curtis Jackson uh, used the augmentation to help Perfect and protect him from the side. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to see if he has any powers. He became a muscle-bound, unable to move, and needing to hover harness to remain mobile. So Curtis attempted to de-augment himself. He kidnapped wrestlers, including Battlestar, putting them through malice. Thankfully, the U.S. agent arrived in Battlestar's help. No. Anyways, that's part of the story. So at this point, it, you know, and I'm not overly familiar with the newer, that's the, uh, that's the history on the power broker. So essentially, he is a... A uh, businessman that organizes and creates um, henchmen via super serums, and he he makes these deals. Uh, there was another article I I read that went into to where if you give him a piece of business and want the serum, he'll break he'll break her or he'll broker some type of deal and and grow it. Now there is a newer version of the power broker. I've got to read and, and look into more. Um, but I, I I liked that story. I felt like that story could easily be kind of the character that we may be seeing in this and which could be linked to a, a bigger uh, story and could be linked to several different things, even outside. It could also be how, because like the current Captain America air quote is a is superhuman in the sense of his natural abilities. But as far as I understand from the show's perspective, he doesn't actually have superpowers, which if you consider that, and I don't know what Battlestar can and cannot do, uh, you throw two regular guys at the Falcon and Winter Soldier who were experienced Avengers. Now, granted, the Falcon has his suit, and that's predominantly his his power and whatnot, um, but Bucky does have powers. He has, he has uh, used a superhuman serum, and he's got the adamantium armor whatever his arm is. So it makes for a very interesting um, plot point and, and story overall. So does though cap and Battlestar looking for him right now. Like, okay, well, what is this going to lead to? Maybe they're going to go to the power broker first and something could happen there. I don't know. Some speculation. I do believe Sharon Carter is going to come back to some capacity to probably help. Uh, is Baron Zemo going to stay on the good side? Is he going to go to the bad side? Is he going to stay to his own agenda? I think there's going to be some of that, uh, but I don't know what his his big picture plans are, obviously. Maybe he wants to get to the power broker. Maybe not, though, because he, he had an opportunity and did not take it. Um, and now, of course, we've got the Wakanda uh, IO or AO there, which kind of creates a no bullshit situation as far as I'm concerned, because you definitely don't want uh, the Dora, the Dora Mellage 
special forces or the Wakandan special forces coming after you either. So I don't know how I don't know how they're going to approach it because there's so many prongs to this story and we're we're halfway through already. It's like holy shit, we've got um some Wakandans. <laughs> we've got the new Captain America. We've got Sharon Carter involved. We got the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, Bronze Baron Zemo, and it's like holy shit, there's a lot going on. And then of course the Power Broker as well. So super super cool, very elaborate and growing story. Again, I really appreciate the production value, the story, the depth on how they're weaving some of this stuff together. Um, this last episode to me was a very good episode as it started to kind of tie um, or continue to, I guess, to tie more items together on why did, why did they bring in Isaiah, uh, excuse me, Isaiah Bradley? Why did they do certain things? Um, and it also makes you think, too, because some of the references were were Hydra references, in which we haven't seen in quite a while. Highly enjoyable episode. I know I threw in some speculation there in the end because it's fun, too. In fact, if you want to speculate, if you want to guess what is going to be uh, episode four, because the other hard part is, you know, we got four, five, and six, and that's it, guys. So drop a comment down below. I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on any of the characters I talked about talked about today or maybe one from uh, the past two episodes uh i'm interested to think you got any theories what do you think we're going to see in episode four drop a comment down below i appreciate it uh so does the podcast and everything else i think that's it for the uh, ote on this one guys i appreciate you guys uh taking the time today watch episode three if you need to rewatch all the episodes go one through three whatever whatever suits your fancy that's it. That's all I got. Uh, just as a quick reminder, don't forget uh, to follow and subscribe to the podcast here at Culture Jack. We are dropping a minimum of five episodes a week. If you're listening last week when this comes out, you got six episodes. Uh, we wrapped up the midweek special. And then, of course, on Thursdays, we got news dropping. Friday, the Friday show. Saturdays are OTE. We're covering uh, shows like uh, The Falcon Winter Soldier. We covered the WandaVision. Sunday, we've got the Weekend Wire, which is more news, and then Monday's Monday Madness. That's the lineup for you guys every single week, so you don't want to stay tuned in with that. Appreciate you. Thank you very much for uh, listening in, and we'll catch up with you next weekend.